the belligerent beeves are officially fighting the war on subtlety this <laughs> this hot beef summer with men's crop sweatshirts <laughs> that is a look Uh, what's, is, what's funny now in the zoom it looks like i'm just wearing a crew neck yeah <laughs> you, but i'm not you should wear is, that to work <laughs> no, this is this is what we should do for like all like guests and then i'll just like stand up halfway through the interview <laughs> <laughs> why is terry's hairy scary stomach here now um, <laughs> listeners i'm wearing the crop sweatshirt which you can find in the belligerent beef uh, merch store and i despite the the ribbing uh, I'm getting from my my fellow co-hosts who I love. I I am I'm I'm very proud of the body that the two of you see in front of me right now, and it's just a little bit more inspiration for all these Crusher core workouts that we're going to be doing all summer, all spring, all summer, all fall, and then in the winter again with maybe a few you know breaks. Never. People need <laughs> JP doesn't need breaks. Benny and I need breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so well too. I was doing so well. Then I did some yard work and I I broke my streak of thirteen straight days. That's okay. That's still a good streak. Yeah, it was you a, look yeah, great. Thanks. You well, do too. And and speaking of you and looking, I, I thought I we texted a little bit about this, but I was I was at. Twins opening day uh, versus the Mariners on, on Friday. Uh, love opening day, even when it's cold as shit. Um, but I, I walked up. There was, like, this one, like, staircase in center field area, target field. Um, it was it was by where we sat when you were here, JP. And we ended up watching game one of the NBA Finals with Jarius Wright <laughs> and Anthony Harris on the Minnesota Vikings instead. And you, tr- and you almost got in a fight with their friend, and their friend was so obnoxious that they were on your side. One of the weirder <laughs> nights in my uh, sports-consuming life. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And I got up to the staircase, and I saw a dude wearing, like, a cut-off, like, vest Mariners jersey over, like, another denim vest. <laughs> And he had he had a stash, he had a quaff, and he looked like you to the point I almost like was like, is that is that Benny? Is that fucking Benny? Did he come to Minneapolis without <laughs> telling me? And now I know I was justified in my thought is my friend who is with me was like, dude, did you see that guy who looked just like Macklemore? <laughs> <laughs> And I really, and I had 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 a couple beers. It was early in the afternoon. Uh, great time, even though the twins lost. But love opening day. Uh, the, the quaff wasn't good enough. Like oh. you're, you're you're Benny with the good quaff. He was random guy with with the adequate quaff. So, <laughs> but it was all it was all in the quaff. It was all in the quaff. But it, we call that an adequaff. Adequaff. I would have been mad at you for about eight seconds, and then I would have just been like so fucking happy to randomly see you unexpectedly day drinking during a weekday <laughs> in my hometown. I um, hope to God I never get so weird that I go to Minneapolis and go to 
game and not tell you that I'm yeah, there. That would be that weird. would be a very weird move. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can surprise me though. Uh, yeah, you're, you're you're always welcome to do that. Uh, anyway, surprise! It's the 43rd episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. We didn't think this would last that long. <laughs> That's the surprise. <laughs> uh, we've got actually um, a lot a lot to get a lot to get into tonight. A lot of really last weekend was kind of a downer. Just a, a, some. Not great things that happened, and then a, a handful of not great things happened that we do need to talk about after we recorded, but before we posted. Um, but overall, like I'm feeling pretty happy right now, and uh, some some fun shit has happened in the last week that we're gonna get into. We've got a, a lot of uh, love to spread and and some uh, good things to shed light on. But first, how are you, how are you guys doing, JP? What's what's new in your world in that? cute corduroy chopham hat and that sweet deligerent pickles t-shirt <laughs> i'm rocking a deligerent pickles tea one of uh it's a limited release so hey. if you got if you got your hands on one good for you <laughs> if you didn't sorry they're gone if you didn't hashtag dill with it <laughs> <laughs> the official fake podcast of the portland pickles uh, <laughs> Yo, life's good. Life is good. Right. Life's good. We you were at a Beaver sporting event this week. We're gonna get into the baseball team. We'll get into that. Yeah. But you you were uh at the game in Hillsborough at Ron Tonkin Field with Funky Paul Molina to see our, our Beaver baseball team get a win against the Portland Pilots. What was that like? It was great. It was fun to see him in person. Like I'm happy that we uh, got our first taste of some in-person baseball this season. It left me wanting more, of course. So when uh, when the timing is right, I will be at Goss this season, and I I think I know the dates, but it's hard to schedule around T-ball. So right, <laughs> unfortunately, you 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 have a budding T-ball dynasty that, <laughs> that we're ready to watch bloom. Yeah, we're two and zero. We're only two and zero because they don't keep score, but we have eleven players on the team, and the teams we've played have had seven or less, and every player hits and scores every inning so we have at least scored 33 runs every game <laughs> and so we're we are 2-0 officially wait how long how long did the games last <laughs> three innings or one hour whatever's whatever's fastest <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. okay wait uh, yeah. okay all right that's yeah. that's nice i think real baseball should adopt that <laughs> three innings for one hour whatever happens first then go to the bar um I, I i'm just imagining this like league of you know parents and people being like yeah that team has seven and we have 11 and we're not keeping score anyway but clearly this is unfair and i can just see you leaning over in everett's ear being like if they only have seven, that means there's a gaping hole in the defense somewhere. Find, <laughs> find the gap, Everett. Hit it where they ain't. Hit it where they ain't. <laughs> That's fun. It's funny you say that. So this game, I, I have like a random Excel generator that puts a lineup together because or else the kids are always clamoring for like, I want to be this position. I want to hit first. Or I want to hit third. And so I just tell them like, no, lineup set. You can't change it. And it's worked really well so far like compared to last season. But uh Randomly, and it was random, Ev was the uh, home run hitter of the first inning, which is the last batter of the inning, because, or else it's just station to station, right? You just run to first, run to second, run to third. But the last hitter gets to clear the bases and run the whole thing. 
And so I told him the night before he's going to be the home run here in the first inning. And he had come up already with, he's like, Dad, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to watch it. And then I'm going to do like a salute, like a see you later. (laughs) (laughs) If you do that, that would be sick. And I don't think he, I don't think he, uh, he didn't do it because I don't think he was prepared for like what was to come because his first at bat, dude, he roped it through the infield on the fly. It's a dirt infield, right? It's like a little t-ball field, but dirt infield, but he hit it on a fly to the uh, grass in the outfield line drive. Not a lot of height, you know, launch angle is still pretty low, but (laughs) that exit velo man was just the launch angle for a five-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So he got to run the bases. He forgot to do the salute. He forgot to pimp it a bit, but he said next he time. Excited. He yeah. was too excited. He was too excited. That first one you just got to run. Yeah. Um, have you had him bunt against the shift yet in T-ball? No, but he asked me last season if he could bunt. He's like, he went up to the plate, and I sometimes I usually work behind the plate when we're up, and he was like walking up to the plate. He grabbed his bat. He's got his two chains hanging out, and he's like, Dad. I'm going to bunt. I was like, no, you can't, you can't bunt in T-ball. Not, I don't think it's allowed. I don't know the rules that well, but just swing. So so it's going well. None of your players have entered the T-ball transfer portal yet? No, no transfers. Not yet. Okay. And 100% attendance in two games. Oh, wow. Nice. You could give a seminar to Oregon State head coaches right now about <laughs> – Keep, keeping players happy. <laughs> oh, okay, that comment's gonna get us in trouble. I'm kidding, Oregon State Athletics. We're, we're, we're just we're, kidding. We're, we love not, you. This whole podcast, we're just kidding. Like that, that should be a qualifier for for all like 86 hours of the show. That's none of it's serious. Uh, Benny with the good quaff, not in Minneapolis, unfortunately, but very much on this podcast right now, and looking great as usual. Good quaff. Thank you. Thank dope, you. Dope, dope sweatshirt. Appreciate it. How From are you? Target. From, From Target. Target. Yeah. 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 Wow. Shout out Target Field. Target, yeah. Uh, Wait, so you bought that at Target Field. You were there. You were there. Yeah. Hey. the dots. And I made my quaff just adequate to fool you. <laughs> <laughs> I slept on my side and didn't take a shower before going to the game, so Terry wouldn't detect my presence. <laughs> I, uh, I spent the whole weekend – uh, doing yard work and actually just woke up from a nap shortly before the podcast. So uh, you had the most dad weekend ever. You're you're more dad than our, our dad, JP is the only actual dad here. Yeah. I I didn't know yard work this weekend. Going on. I think like my dad would (laughs) never sully his existence with posting on Twitter, let alone having Twitter. But (laughs) on Friday when you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's opening day baseball. Also the masters, but I also need to do yard work. (laughs) (laughs) You are 53 years old with four kids. (laughs) And a riding lawnmower. (laughs) The funny thing is, is that, and this probably actually makes me sound more like a dad, but uh, I don't watch a whole lot of golf. And really, I just watch, I I watch the Masters more so for like the grounds and how, how pretty it is in Augusta, Georgia this time of year than anything. But, um, but it was a good weekend. It's one of those things like you feel like you kind of need to watch the Masters, even if you're just sort of like. If that's the only golf you watch all year, but yeah. as you get older and older, you just go like, "Wow, that is some nice foliage." 
That mulch is just on point. Look at those shrubberies. Shrubberies for fucking days. Actually, this reminds me of something I thought about this week. So I think it was like Monday or something. It was a real crappy weather day on Monday, and I was driving to work. Monday morning, it was like rain. It was like freezing rain, wintry mix, bullshit, whatever. And I'm stopped at a red light, and no one's in the intersection. And then on the other side of the intersection, and this is rare in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just a fucking Bentley pulls up driving towards me oh. on like a pretty gross weather day. So initially I wasn't, <laughs> I'm not expecting to see anyone like worth seeing celebrities, whatever. I'm not like, Oh my God, who could that be? All right. Best case scenario. It's like Nick Swardson or the ghost of Mitch Hedberg or, so, <laughs> or someone like that. Initially I'm like, Oh my God, that Bentley's going to get fucked up in this wintry mix. And then as I was driving to work the rest of the day, I was like, I don't think there's a sum of money that exists that I could have where I would buy a Bentley. Like, I don't think I could ever be rich enough to actually do it. Like there would just be car, like cars don't really do it for me. And if you're a car person, then you know, more power to you. And if your dream is to own a Bentley, I, I hope you get there one day. But I was just thinking about it. like I would just worry about it constantly. It wouldn't be fun. And then I was like, well, what would I do? Like, say if I had Bentley money today, and it was on this Monday. So I was like, the first thing I'd do is like I'd call JP, Benny, and other friends, and just be like, all right, fuckers, like we're going to the Masters. That's what we're doing. Like, <laughs> like, th- like that's where my mind goes when I Jerry, you have like that much money to burn. You would be the kid. Oh, the kid, the guy. I'm, I'm still a kid. Yeah. Let's be real. At, at the <laughs> Masters, wearing every every hole, you would change. If you had that much money, you would change colorways of some sort of custom Jordan golf shoes and, as you and, just walked the grounds <laughs> and didn't play. Where the Jordan ones on the first hole, the yeah. Jordan twos on the second hole. Yeah, all the way up to Jordan 18s with eighteen with eighteen different crop sweatshirts to to match. <laughs> I'm sure that's not up to dress code at Augusta, but if we're talking this scenario, I have the money to change the dress code. I don't know. It looked pretty cold in Augusta this I, weekend. It, it did not look like crop sweatshirt weather. Uh, no. Yeah. Did but, you yeah. guys know that they don't even use like real sand in their bunkers? What do they use? They use granulated quartz. Ooh. This is going to sound so dad, but I want to have walkways made of granulated quartz. <laughs> <laughs> This is, the, this is the daddest the show has ever gotten. <laughs> Bentleys are too expensive. It looks cold in Augusta. I want to make walkways with those quartz. <laughs> we are aging ourselves right out of relevance yep. with any college age list. Our middle God, finger yeah. demographic graph is just moving towards pinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh my God, that, that that was funny. That the shape of that was essentially a middle finger. Um, <laughs> any anything else on granulated quartz, JP? Or, or what? No, or what I don't. I don't even know what that means. No, uh, don't ask me any more questions. They'll be in Wee Hage's yard uh, by next springtime, and we'll be able to check it out. That's right. I'll send you guys a picture. Thanks for sure. Um, well, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the Masters. Congratulations to Scotty Scheffler uh, who won, and big shout out to Tristing Tree Golf Course. I am the original Augusta, <laughs> our Augusta, uh, and J- the, people's you, Augusta. the people's the Augusta. The people's Augusta. As I won our Twitter poll, JP, we did a special thing for uh, to commemorate 
our our love and support and admiration of a Tristan Tree golf course. So why don't you talk a little bit about that before you move on? It started yesterday first where uh, on a whim, I wanted to ask the Beaver fam. Well, I wanted Andre, our social media intern, to ask the Beaver fam. Yeah. Augusta National or Tristing Tree? Just open-ended. It could be anything. It could be like, it, what, what's more beautiful? What's the better setting? What is better grounds? What is better greens? What has a better, drinks. I don't know, drinks, beverage carts? I mean, you name it. It was very open-ended, and we had three figures of votes. And the the uh, survey says Tristan Tree. That is that's what people want. What is Tristan Tristan Tree named after? Because that's the not Tristan a type tree. of tree. The Tristan Tree. Tristan. Yeah, Tristan. man. Do you not know anything about Oregon State? The Tristan Tree. The Tristan Tree was a tree on the uh, east side of campus, outside of the now Community Hall. I think it's called. Okay. Um, it used to have a different name, but I think they're racist, so they. Remove their name, but oh, <laughs> good, oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the grounds out there had a tree that was like the spot that uh, couples would would meet under, Ooh. Oh. and so it became the trysting tree, couples in oh. trist. So that name carried over to the course. The, but the trysting tree is no longer there. I think the original trysting tree is gone. Ah. This is the part of the podcast where we look things up. <laughs> I, wanna, I do want to look this up. Oh, no. Wait. Oh, yeah. Was. Uh, was. Okay. So here. I found it. Ready? You guys want to know the official? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Yes. The Tristing Tree, a large gray poplar located southeast of Benton Hall, now Community Hall. See, I, I nailed that one. Was a popular gathering spot on Oregon State University's campus. According to one story, George Cooty, Coot, I don't know, but a faculty member in horticulture planted the tree between 1880 and 1885. An alternate view suggested the tree was likely on the land when it was acquired because the gray poplar uh, would have been considered a tree of such low landscape quality that it would not have been intentionally planted. Uh, anyways, an early alumnus claimed that the Tristan tree was so named because of its magical effects on students, especially in springtime. You know, Ooh. like a lover's tryst, right? Ooh. So our meeting place. Yeah. And then the mm. class of 1901 christened it as the Tristan tree after college president Thomas Gatch admonished two students for meeting there regularly for romantic purposes. Ooh. Who are yes. those two students? We need to figure out who they were and enshrine them in the Babay's Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you, Terry, you'll love this. It's in a poem. It's in a poem from Ooh. 1908, published in 1908, called The Trysting Tree. Ooh. And I'm sure I'm sure some of our dedicated Beaver fam know this. And I've actually read this poem before. I think it was actually in the MU lounge area. Um, well, the, the off, offset lounge. <laughs> and by the little convenience store, whatever it was called. But... Bites. Bites, yeah. By Shout bites. out Bites. Yeah, it's across the, across the street, across the hall from Bites. And so uh, I'll, I'll read the poem in my best poem reading voice, which is the same as my regular voice, but I'll do my best. Beneath the faithful trysting tree, a youth and maiden stand. The youth, a noble lad is he who claps their fair white hand. Uh, uh -oh. the, the light that fills... 
those earnest eyes I don't like ooh, this poem can understand. <laughs> and and then the final lines are Long mayst thou live, thou worthy friend, thou dear old trysting tree. Long may thy branches proudly wave, majestically and free, to mind us of those happy days spent at old OAC. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I have some edits, but overall, uh, it's a fine poem. <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> Maybe this was a uh, foreshadowing of things well, to come with all the romantic trist below the tree. It was cut down in September of 1986 because it had advanced disease. That's when I was born. Maybe oh I'm God. the reincarnated you- twisting tree. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live my life as a poplar. Advanced disease of your trunk and limbs. <laughs> yeah, things have not changed. <laughs> Betty Treehage. <laughs> oh, well, hey, um, you learn something new every day. I did not do. know that there was Thank even you. a interesting for... tree. Anyway, so there are six new items in the Belligerent Peeves merch store. <laughs> Dedicated to Tristing Tree Golf Course. Uh, take our our own original take on the uh, Masters logo. A uh, cool golf school tee. A uh, couple dope uh, golf hats and polos. Um, and yeah, so if if you're into golf and you want to catch catch me uh, shooting seventy six at Tristing Tree on <laughs> that's a that's the nine hole count though I'm I'm, I'm I'm committed to cutting that number down this season like i'm gonna you just I'm need gonna, the right gear you need the I'm right gonna, gear i need the right gear yeah and i i'm gonna be fitted up and looking good and you know you look good play good uh and i'm gonna i have a, a friend of mine who's a good golfer said that she'll give me a couple lessons for free so i'm gonna you know take her up on that i might hang out at top golf a little bit more you know that's just a way to just, I, I know it's easier to play top golf but it's still it's still putting swings on the ball you can't tell me different so i'm next time i'm at tristing tree and i didn't shoot a 76 i think i shot a 58 uh but still. Yeah, i don't remember but i think 76 right. sounds more likely no but it wasn't no remember, it wasn't <laughs> just remember hips right. first hips first hips come so, through first That's it's it. all it's all in the hips yeah it's all in the hips i hadn't played golf in three years before that day no Ooh. That's not. That's a lie. But I had played very little golf in the previous three years before that day. Uh, but I'm I'm committed. I'm committed to you know getting getting it right. Um, so I will be back at Tristing Tree with a vengeance. Me too. Yeah. Should we? Uh, we got some right. uh, new patrons to shout out. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, shout out the shout out the new patron the Patreon patrons. Yeah, we've got one uh, new one to shout out. <laughs> and, and it's an important one. It's a very it important one. It is a very, very important one. Yeah. Very important. Shout out. One. Shout out to Marla. Marla, the shout new out. patron. Shout out. Dr. Marla. Yep. Mother of Coach Bubba. Correct. Yep. Correct. Uh, William, v- Mitch- VIP. William, William Mitchell College of Law in St. Paul, Minnesota, the same yeah. law school that my dear mother attended. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Mar- Marla's a real one. And follow Mar- Marla's funny as hell on Twitter. Yeah, she is. She's, she's one of my favorite Twitter follows. Yep. So give her give her a follow. Yep. Shout out to Marlo. Thanks for joining the Patreon. We appreciate you. Thanks for the support. Also, 
we hope that you enjoy all the extra content because it's fun. The Patreon's fun. If you're not on it, join. It's very fun. The Discord is, is the Discord's great. Off. You also like check this out. I mean, let, let's just run through this really quick because you do realize that if you join and like for the three bucks a month, you get the shout out, you get the Discord access, you get the newsletter. But there's other ways to kind of make your money more worthwhile. If you join other tiers as well, you get like an exclusive Chopum sticker, you get an exclusive Chopum mug, you get ten dollars off the merch store, which as we just talked about is always popping with new gear. So. Yeah. Check it out. It's fun. It's worth it. And there's going to be probably just more stuff continuing to be added to the Patreon benefits. Really, this podcast is just a way for JP to feed the passion towards uh, the the fashion design career that he was <laughs> destined for. That's right. Um, so, you know, you get you get this top shelf level uh, fashion access that you can't get anywhere else. I went um, I was working through a, like a an idea the other night and i i bounced it off my wife annie and she was like does everything need to be a t-shirt can you not make it i was like the answer is yes i was like you clearly do not listen to the pod she she admitted she does not (laughs) well we really appreciate the support marla yeah thank you marla and that is a doc at doc stewie s-t-e-w-i-e Five seven on Twitter. Give give Marla a follow uh, and and interact with her. And again, thank you, thank you so much for helping hold us down, Marla. We we mm-hmm. sincerely appreciate it. Damn right. Damn right. Not to mention she's rocking. She is rocking the fanny pack, the baby's fanny pack. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, who who's not? Well, I know, but like that's why I'm wearing the crop sweatshirt because I yeah. need room for the fanny pack the, <laughs> to show off the fanny other, pack. Exactly. Other sweatshirts they go over or they like compete on it a little they bit. They can bunch up. They can bunch up. It just it's not great flow when you have a crop sweatshirt. Letting the AKA the free belly button movement. Your your <laughs> fanny pack is 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 free to take up that whole space, and it's lovely. So get a crop sweatshirt and a fanny pack and join me in looking fucking ridiculous this summer. <laughs> oh, it's a hot beef summer. Um, mm. Did mm. you guys uh, did you guys see that we won yet another series in softball this weekend? Yeah. Against yeah. Arizona? Yes. You know what's crazy about that is Arizona. Uh, I, I was looking at this, um, and at first I was disappointed because I saw Arizona's at the bottom of the pack and uh, literally last place in softball at two and ten in conference, but they're ranked number twenty in the country. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. The Pac-12 is. You didn't really, follow your really own logic good. though. Where do they play an outdoor sport, Benny? So close to Mexico. It's so south. <laughs> It's like on the border. Tucson's almost on the border. They should be number one. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they've ever it's, lost a game. It's I mean, so how, sunny and warm there. How far below the Mason-Dixon line their home field is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, we, we do need to talk a lot about the softball team, but we, we also need to 
talk about beers before. Oh, that, good call. Though, oh, true. Even though you are not partaking, Benny, but I'm, I'm glad right. we got in. We got we got your Mason Dixon line joke in be, be, before before the jump. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you again to the new our new Patreon member. Please please sign up if you wish to. Also, if you don't want to join the Patreon, that's fine. But please give us a five star review on either yeah, Apple good. or Spotify. That really helps us a lot. I still think people are figuring out that you can leave five-star reviews on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify listener, take 10 seconds, go over to the show page and just click, click on the stars and then just hit five. Like you don't even, you can't write anything. You just have to hit five. We want to keep that five-star rating across the board. It helps us grow the show a lot. We're, we're a bunch of goofy idiots, but we do put a lot of work into this. So uh, any five-star review is very, very helpful. Um, and Something that's for sure not getting a five-star review is the beer that JP is about to talk about because he has never given a beer never. a five-star review. Mm. But you give podcasts five-star reviews. I reserve it only for that. <laughs> so give give your give your our, your favorite podcast a five-star review and then give your beer a, a more honest review. <laughs> but so what what's what's getting about a four point two five? from you on the untapped app tonight jp good 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 call i think i gave it a four point i gave it a 4.2 okay and it it's i was earlier today well earlier this evening i was at Berlick brewing on northeast alberta shout out Berlick brewing um enjoying some wonderful west coast ipas and the food carts there are great too i had some pallet and pie pizza so shout out to the food cart pallet and pie and i walked away because I just couldn't say no to a label like that. Ooh. Nugs with an exclamation point. I like it's, that. It's cool. And it's orange and black. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So uh, it's a West Coast IPA. Shocker. It's very nuggy. Like if you think about what kind of nugs go into a beer and think about a lot of those, that's what it tastes like. But it's really good. Mm. So I get a 4.2. And make sure you visit the uh, Berlick Brewing Brew House or whatever they call it on Northeast Alberta. I can't wait to go there next time I'm in Portland. Yeah. That might be my favorite branded beer. I've never tried it, but it looks really cool. <laughs> it's cool, right? Yeah. It's got yeah. a good label, and it's black and orange and white, yeah. and it's got an exclamation point. Yeah. There you're a writer. Nugs. You use those, right? I do love exclamation and points. Benny, you're you're a stoner. You use nugs. Yeah, and I overuse exclamation points, so I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I, I'm like the opposite of your typical LinkedIn professional where I'll look at an email before sending it and I'm like, I only use seven exclamation points in this email. Like I don't think my enthusiasm is being portrayed accurately. Gonna have to Find some places to add a few more in here. <laughs> My favorite's the parenthetical exclamation point. You know, like when you put one oh, yeah. exclamation point just in parentheses, just to mm. top top shelf shit. Ooh, I need I need to isolate this exclamation point so that your attention is drawn to it and that you yeah. spend the amount of appropriate time with it yes. <laughs> that I'd like you to. <laughs> um, all right, well I'm doing another live tasting of a brewery that. Uh, Absolutely. I think maybe we've talked about it on this podcast. I haven't, though. I haven't had one of their beers yet. But I I just I had sort of this like the old favorites in my fridge today. And I was like, I got to, you know, keep we got to keep this segment fresh. We got to keep shouting out new places. We got to keep it going. But also, if there is a way to tie in Oregon State 
or beavers or our brand or just alliteration in general, we should do that. So for the first time, I'm going to have a beer by Belching Beaver, yeah! who I think we can adequately shout out as our cousins. Our cousins are, yeah, a, a pretty yeah. good inspiration uh, for this. Um, we're, uh, we are a few beavers who belch our belligerence into a microphone and post it publicly uh, once a week. Um, <laughs> but JP, I believe you've been to this uh, I have. brewery before it, yeah. in, in, in Oceanside, right? Uh, in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So I, uh, I've had the beers before. I don't think I've ever visited the tap room. Um, this one that I was able to get from Certix Liquors in uh, Northeast Minneapolis called Must Be the Honey Blonde. Ooh. Ale Must Be the Honey. honey. Um, <laughs> JP played five seconds of What Is It by Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Must... No, it's, it's, it's Ride With Me by Nelly from, you know, so. There you go. JP! JP, please play five seconds of Ride With Me by so Nelly. <laughs> Which is a great song, by the it's way. Good, yeah. It's peak fucking Nelly. Yeah. All right. So there is. Have you ever had have. Belchy Beaver before? Like any of I their think, beers? I think so. I think so. Okay. But not that they I got some totally good recall. reach actually. Like that's pretty damn good to make it out to Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've. Seen I mean, they're not. They're not before. small by any means anymore. But they're a West Coast focused. San Diego brewery. has a lot of good breweries down there too, mm -hmm. don't they? Yeah. There's a sports bar here called Max Industrial that has a neon belching beaver sign in the window, but they don't have belching beaver beer available. So, I mean, I, I know how that works. Restaurants just sell, send each other signs and shit, but whatever. Anyway, uh, here is my first sip of the Must Be the Honey Blonde. That's a big sip. Mm. Must be the money. <laughs> oh. Hey! I'm too easy to please with beer. I'm never going to give a negative review on the show. But <laughs> yes, very good. Very good. Great aftertaste. Smooth smooth build. Smooth body. <laughs> Can I be we a, love beavers with smooth like bodies. like me. The opposite of Terry's unsmooth body. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's, hey, a svelte, it's a svelte body that just, just has a sweater on it. It's just, they're talking about the chest hair, not, not, yeah. the, not, not anything else. Or, yeah. <laughs> or torso hair in, in this case. <laughs> I am who I am. All right, I'm going to bring this back on track. What Belgian Beaver has to say is, our smooth drinking honey blonde ale is one of our best sellers and for good reason. We brew with the finest quality honey available. Floral aromas leap from the glass while subtly sweet flavors linger on the finish, making this a beer for all occasions. Good times to you, my friend, and welcome to the Beaver family. Cheers, what? Tom. They said that shit? They say Beaver family. We Oh. This is this means collab or it means war. One yeah. of the two. <laughs> can I can I ask you? Uh, can I ask a favor of you? Absolutely. Always. Can you can you reread that as if you were a beaver? I don't think I can do that. <laughs> as if I was a beaver. Yeah. Like he had front teeth. Just a, just a lot of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. This is what the podcast is all about, Terry. This is what everyone's been waiting for. No one's no one's waiting for this. <laughs> Okay, hold on. <laughs> this is gonna disparage beaver. I don't. I've never thought about what a beaver 
what conversations with a beaver sounds like. Do you ever watch like Angry Beavers or like any shows about beavers? Like Leave It to Beaver. Leave It to Beaver is not about beavers. Oh, Angry Beavers. That was <laughs> Angry <laughs> Beavers is. <laughs> <laughs> Our smooth drinking honey brown is one of our best sellers and for good reason. We brew with the finest quality honey available. Swirl aromas leap from the grass while subtly sweet flavors linger on the finish, making this a beer for all occasions. Good times to you, my friend, and welcome to the Beaver family. Cheers, Tom. That that's gonna be that's gonna be our most played audiogram. Ever. We just lost all of our listeners. <laughs> and we're, we're done. We're done. The podcast uh, is over. Oh, my eyes are laughing too hard. <laughs> Hang it up. Hang it up. Hang it up. That was so awful, but I just wanted to reiterate the fact that I don't back down from challenges like that. I'm sorry, <laughs> listener, for what JP just made me put you through. Please, please direct your complaints to, <laughs> to belligerentbeeves at gmail.com with... JP is an enabler in the subject line. <laughs> um, are we prepared? I, <laughs> so go, go for it. Well, I thought it went well. Thank you. I, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, nice job. I, I don't know that I'll get be cast in any Broadway plays <laughs> as a beaver, but I don't know. May, wasn't there a prominent beaver in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? I haven't watched that in a really long time. And oh, sure. Yeah. It's my, yeah. So, okay. Maybe I could be mm. that. We'll see. We'll mm. see. Are, are we prepared to, to talk some Oregon State sports? Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's start with softball. That's right. Let's do it. We already kind of did. But softball, taking two out of three for, for Laura Berg's team. Um, gr- more, more great stuff for, for the Oregon State softball team. Uh, they are rolling again, uh, winning winning series uh, against the Arizona Wildcats in Corvallis, not <laughs> not in Tucson, contrary to popular belief. Um, but yeah, JP, let's let's uh, start with you. This team is thirty one and nine right now. Uh, they they did drop the finale of of the series today, but uh, uh, Kiki Escobar got her first home run uh, of the season in the series. More great ball from. Uh, uh, Frankie Hamoudi and great pitching by uh, Sarah Handyguess. 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 You know, in the time it takes to tweet at me the correct pr- pronunciation of a student athlete, uh, <laughs> that correct pronunciation could be published on on the website for for all to see. Just throwing that out there. Not all of these games are on TV, so it, but whatever. Anyway, great series, great series for the Beavs, baby. <laughs> yeah, and uh, first, it was great that they got on that run. You know, today was a little bit of a disappointment. They got you know jumped out on by uh, by Arizona, and they, they they took the L. But they had the six game winning streak, which was huge to get back. Not just like in the win column, but like solidify that this team can carry wins throughout their day to day. The other thing that I thought was awesome is just watching Kiki Escobar because she's now had a hit. Well, she's on like a seven game hitting streak, I think. And not just like a one hitter, like every game. I mean, she's had a couple games, like even to in today's loss, she was one of one for three, but like 
I mean, going back to the St. Mary's game in the end of March, she was uh, four or five. And she's had a hit in like eight of or nine of the last 12 games. I mean, something nuts. So uh, shout out to Keith Escobar for leading off and just going crazy and setting the tone for the team. Also, speaking of setting tones, did anyone see the uh, famous first pitch? For yes. The softball? Yes. Yeah. It it included a um front cartwheel of sorts. It was like a fl- cart- cartwheel flip, and it was mind defying. But uh, probably was a perfect strike because we know that uh, she's perfect, and this has nothing to do with softball other than being the first pitch. But Jake Carey's first pitch was dope. Yes. Yes, it was. We yeah. uh, we're gonna talk more about Jade, but obviously she threw a f- perfect first pitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> while 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 doing a cart, what we we need Warren DeGray on here to be like. It was a cartwheel, dude. It was not something cart, 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 It wasn't yeah. a cartwheel flip. Yeah, like there's probably an official name for that. Um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> Right. I'm sure I messed that up, but well, and that's awesome. But including that, the pitching that this team is unleashing on teams has been fantastic all yep. year. With yeah, Sarah of and and Mariah's been awesome too. Is she went she went the distance in the game yesterday that yep. that clin- that clinched the series and like this team this team hasn't won a, se- a series against Arizona since 2013. Yeah, no, Arizona might be down a little bit right now, but as you said earlier, Benny, like the Pac-12 is just fucking stacked with for softball this season. Yep. So it like any any serious win is huge. No, not even series, it, uh, any win, but... any win, any win because we are historically now as of today 11 and 43 versus Arizona all time. All That's time. Crazy. My theory holds true. Wait, we've only played Arizona that many times in softball? Yeah. You you know what's crazy to me is is going into today's game. So taking today's game out of it, the the finale on Sunday against Arizona, we had allowed three runs in the last seven games. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's the sort of stuff that's going to get you to Oklahoma City. Wait, is that good? I I think it's fair to say that's. that's but you're, but you're taking too. today out, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He said yeah. that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Minus today. Yeah, um, today doesn't count. I don't. Today. I don't know math, dude. You said minus. I'm so lost. <laughs> so, minus so today. Minus today means it's, you know today is is irrelevant. I okay. do have a bone to pick though, and oh. I know this is a podcast about love, but um, and and this is love in Corvallis. Oregon's been swept two straight series uh, against UCLA and against Arizona State, but they have had. More game. They had one game against Arizona State broadcast on ESPN two. They have one game against Arizona in the next series broadcast on ESPN two, and another one on ESPN U. Oregon State doesn't have one single game on national TV. So Pac twelve, what gives? What give gives? us give give us give us some uh, give us some props. Give us some credit. Give us some goddamn respect, please. Well, what happens in the, the Utah series though? I don't see any TV for that yet. So I know the next the next three series are all Pac-12 of Oregon. Or Pac-12 don't Network. don't take the wind out of Benny's sails on this issue. Let him be angry and well, scream. Well, no, about I, but I agree. <laughs> but, but, but we don't even know what's happening against Utah. Like, is it even right? 
televised on like a stream or is it like yeah. whole like Oregon State stream? I don't know. Either yeah, way, that's crazy. And, and it's the final series. It doesn't even have the Pac-12. Yeah. Historically, has given us all the reasons to give them the benefit of the doubt. So <laughs> let's hold out to hope. <laughs> well, this is like even like I got in a fight with some Oregon fans about this because I and this I I don't want to turn this into a football a segment. Fist fight, but, but remember, no, but just, uh, a words fight as uh, the only kind of fights I really engage with. But just how, how ridiculous it was about how our the Oregon State-Utah football game last year when both of us were occupying first place in the respective divisions was on Pac-12 Network. Yeah. And there, there wasn't another Pac-12 game happening concurrently. And I was bitching about it, and some Oregon fans came. I was like, yeah, well, you guys sucked last year. You haven't been good. I'm like, we're literally in first. SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, like these other ACC, other conferences are able to flex shit all of the time. Like if you can't get a team or a game between two like occupying first place teams in a like look a good TV slot that's going to get eyes on it. The conference isn't going to go anywhere. And that applies across the board. You need to be able to uplift your fucking teams and put your teams that are going to perform in front of eyes, eyes of the nation. In, you need to showcase that shit. And yeah. Utah turned out to be a pretty damn good football team. And if you even look at the national uh, college football coverage this offseason, none of them are talking about Utah because they yeah. saw them play twice. Once was against Oregon when they smacked Oregon and once was against Ohio State when they should have beaten Ohio State. But, oh, it was just a bad day for Ohio State. We'll see if Utah can do it again. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to softball and shedding light on Laura Berg's fantastic fucking team. I'm sorry for taking it elsewhere for a second. But I love you. I love you. I love that you ignite that fire in me, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a fire that should be ignited in all of uh, the, we the should Bieber be on, fam. We should be at least, at least on Pac-12 Network. That's right. First softball. <laughs> but I and, and taking it back to softball, I think that um, you know, with allowing three runs in the last seven games leading up to today's game, yeah. that's the sort of stuff that gets you into Oklahoma City, right? That's yeah. the sort of stuff that you can we'll you be can there. really Yeah. We will be there. Shout to win it. Shout right. to Kiki again too, who this this is from uh, yesterday's article. So I don't know what t- t- today's game had on it. But since we're ignoring today, uh, Kiki Escobar, current uh, Pac-12 hit leader. Well, she got so, another one today. So, I mean, it couldn't hurt. Someone got hurt. three hits today. Right. It couldn't hurt. So, yeah, uh, Kiki Escobar could, could be the she's Pac-12 a machine, batting man. champ. Yeah, she's a freaking yeah. machine. Yeah. Yep. Fuck, yep. F- fuck Ted Williams. I'm teaching yeah, my kids to swing like <laughs> 392 dude she'd be a 400 hitter at the end of the season she could that's crazy yeah yeah yep she could that's like oh why can't i i can't even hit 400 why, off a tee why can't i sort it no <laughs> <laughs> you, you you try to bunt off tees we've already we've already discussed this <laughs> uh, but yeah so shout out uh to the oregon state um softball team uh kiki escobar we mentioned a lot um you know frankie hamudi uh ops 1318 uh eliana gottlieb's been balling grace mesmer has been buying mariah uh mazone who we mentioned uh madison simon kayla nelson lisey campbell uh all of y'all 
are uh, are put putting that work in, and it's uh, it's being noticed. It's being noticed at least by us. It might not be noticed by the Pac-12, uh, but we we care, and we are we are excited as all hell about our thirty-one and nine softball team. Yes, hell yeah, big series uh, at UW uh, this week. They do go on the road uh, this week in in Seattle. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday slate against the Huskies. UW, always a strong uh, softball program. Uh, I'm going to have to give Baba Ganoush some shit about that because um, they, 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 fo- they follow their UW softball very closely. So might, might have to make – might have to re- might have to add the stake bet to, to softball. You should. You that, should. That, might, that might not just be a football thing anymore. We're going to have to bring the stake bet to softball. Sure. Yeah, we'll win. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what we got for softball. <laughs> also, baseball sticking with the diamond sports because the diamond sports are coming up diamonds this weekend. Uh, we've got some uh, major league baseball related shit to talk about, but first, first though, we have to talk about the active Oregon State baseball team, uh, coached by uh, your your favorite manager uh, in college baseball, Mitch Canham. Yes. Uh, o-, o State ballers, the hard hats, the pedigree, the everything. It's been a good season so far. I'd say it's been a good to great season so far. Yeah. Yep. But it, it's been missing that punch. And we've we've talked about how Sundays have been tough. There have been a, a number of injuries, and, and most of the guys are, are playing great. And there's never been reason to panic. But at the same time, you know, this is this is a fan base that sort of expects, you know, championship pedigree, everything all the time. And that's just what happens when you win a lot. And finally, this weekend, they got a Pac-12 sweep, which I think is just that you get off the snide. Uh, everyone who's been going like, well, yeah, but yeah, uh, all season uh, ha- has to take a week off. It doesn't – USC is a pretty good ball club. They're, they're yeah. pr- probably not national championship contenders. It's still a good sign. I was, I was, uh, I, I watched more of today's game than I've been able to watch mostly. Uh, so I saw us, you know, go up. It was kind of a weird game today, uh, mm-hmm. but to see USC uh, t- tie it up when we probably should have been able not not to coast to a victory, but to uh, close the door and take care of business. To see USC tie it again late, and for us to just answer back immediately and then shut it down shows the 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 fortitude and the skill and the talent that you want to see in a team that has designs of winning a national championship again this year. Um, so I, I'm very, I'm very pleased to see, uh, see that the sweep and them getting it done today, uh, especially on the road, uh, playing away from home, it's always tougher. So, uh, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with where, uh, Oregon state baseball is at. Yeah. It was the first, uh, first time that we've ever swept USC in LA. Really? Wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. First time we've ever swept, uh, USC in LA. And I, I agree with you, what you said, Terry, where we were, it was a little disappointing to see them tie the game at three late, um, but the way that we responded uh, was was pretty incredible. I mean, we slammed the door shut on them in in the eighth and left uh, sort of no no room uh, for them to, right. to come back again. And well, and it's a lot. It was a lot of little things too. Like I, I know this team can score runs for days. And we've got guys like Jacob Melton who are going to make me eat my words. And Travis <laughs> he, he had I'm a not, huge I'm not, series. I'm, I'm not going to try the Australian accent. But when they tied it up by three, and then I think it was Melton, Forrester, um, and who's on after Forrester? 
uh, but we loaded we loaded the bases with no outs. And that's when you sort of think of guys like teeing up, like, oh, we're going to break this open. Gavin Logan had such a great at-bat and ended up getting walked uh, to, to walk in a run. And it was, I think, it, it was about a 10-pitch at-bat where he drew the walk. And and he wasn't, you know, he was pretty aggressive. He fouled off, I think, two or three uh, different pitches uh, from the USC reliever. But, like, he was so patient, and the ball four was, like, a clear ball four. And it was it was just one of those, like, when you watch someone who clearly has a great eye for the ball doing their thing in the box, and I'm like, that like, that was great to see. To see that we have a team that can put that kind of uh, run scoring together in addition to – I know the grand slams are happening. The, the home run blasts are awesome. We can rope, you know – uh, five, six, seven straight hits together on a dime, but like being like m- making a pitcher pitch to you and being that smart in the box is is what often uh, decides the difference come tournament time. So seeing Gavin Logan do that in that tough spot on a Sunday against a USC team that's like let's like let's not let these bastards sweep us. Like we gotta get we gotta get one. Uh, Tough, tough place to take a pitch, and and he did it, and that ended up being the difference. So props to Gavin Logan for that at bat because that was a fantastic at bat. Yep. I, I yep, mean, 100%. all things considered, like it's been awesome to see a sweep, awesome to see a win on a Sunday. I I, I will play devil's advocate here. Like I'm still a little worried about the uh, the closer role and who's going to be able to like be that shutdown ninth inning guy. I don't know if anyone's really kind of established himself to be that person yet, and I and. It's okay. Like I'm not saying we have to have that right now because I don't think we had that going into the season either. And it's one of those things that's like as long as they're ready by June, it's it's good. It will be okay. Um, and if we give people opportunities to to close down these games with leads in the ninth, they'll get that experience. But if you just even this series alone, I think they scored every every game in the ninth uh, except for today. So we just we I'm still worried about that. Like I mean, yeah, the Sunday the Sunday monkeys offer back. That's great, but we need that shutdown closer. We still need to find who that's going to be in the bullpen. I don't know who can really fill in that role at the moment, but someone's got to come out and do it. I think that's right. I think that's the biggest takeaway right now that I have with this team. Uh, the other one, Terry, this might be a, a good news to you, is that Mellon hasn't homered in like over two weeks. It's not good news to me. He's been stuck <laughs> at nine for like since the end of March. But the man is still everywhere. Oh, I, I everywhere. want. He is. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Jacob Melton. Jacob Melton. <laughs> I, I want to lose this bet. It wasn't even a bet. We didn't bet anything. We just guessed. <laughs> you guessed. You said, is he going to break the school age record? Obviously. And then Benny was like, obviously. And I was like, maybe he won't. And maybe that's not bad. This record has never Boo. been. Boo. Wet blanket, Terry. <laughs> I hate this. I hate what was this the, so much. What was the home run record? I don't 22? know. 22? It was, I, I, see, we don't even 21, remember. 18? I don't know. Uh, Let's uh, throw out uh, numbers. Uh, 69? Yeah. If it nice. if it's sixty nine and I said no and people are giving me shit for it, they don't even play sixty nine games. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have uh, they have sort of a weird non conference slate coming up uh, of five games in seven days. Uh, all at, all at Goss. 
they've they've got three against Long Beach State and uh, then two against Gonzaga, who we've handled pretty well. But Gonzaga, yeah, but Gonzaga's been good. They're ranked now. Yeah, it's not a different team than the. I mean, it's not we a different, very early. It's not a different team, but they've played. I don't know. Probably twenty six games since then, <laughs> and and hypothetically could have improved. In that. They're, they're 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 ranked fifteen right now. They're ranked fifteen. Are they ranked fifteen? Well, okay. Well, that will be a good test. In all fifteen rankings, are they ranked fifteen? <laughs> yeah. So on their side, they have we're number fifteen slash seventeen. <laughs> Zags. <laughs> they should just maybe maybe those are the only two that they're like it's differentiated in, but um they should just rank all the rankings. Right. Like, like a composite number rank. eleven, yeah. nine, sixteen, thirteen, eleven, Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> right. Well we I, I looked, I took a very quick glance at all of them and we're like between five and ten in most, and like another one has us at like twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pretty sure that's a that poll one, coming like, out of Eugene. Yeah. No, I think that one like hated the Pac-12 because I think. Yeah, let's get them on the pod. Yeah. Let them explain themselves. Yeah. Hey, so this is probably a naive question, but um, has there always been a Pac-12 tournament in baseball? That's no. new, right? Yeah, it's new. That's new. That's brand new this year. Yeah, this year I think. Yeah. Mm, that will be yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna need Mike Rooney on again to explain that to me. <laughs> oh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah. I think Scott in Scottsdale in May. Do you guys want to go? Is this is this this Sounds is a hot. podcast where we uh, <laughs> we plan things. <laughs> we 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 propose trips that we're probably not going to be able to take. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be really hot. I was in Scottsdale in August twice last year. Oh. One for the fantasy draft, another for Adam Keith's bachelor party. Shout out Kiefer. We love you, but goddamn, that was hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you yeah. stay in the pool all day. You never leave. It's midnight. It's yeah. 110. You're still in the pool. Yeah. The dry night, heat. Nighttime, it's not. I. It's, it's 110's 110. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. Oh, brother. Yeah, cool. it, it really it really is. But yeah, so baseball, we've got I, I, I think this Gonzaga series is actually going to be fairly telling. You yeah, know, it's two games. I don't want to overhype it, but this is like the first time because we've, we've had these non-conference games sort of, you know, sprinkled in as how it works with like the college baseball schedule. But right now we've got uh, three three games set with Long Beach State. Thursday, yeah, how is Friday. how is Long Beach State? I mean, they're tradition. They're they are traditionally good. They're five hundred right now. Okay, they so haven't really probably, been traditionally good though in a couple of years. So they're probably down. Years. And then Gonzaga is probably going to want to come back. Um, it's not. It's not like we are. So the disrespectful score lines in that opening uh, series of the season were at the expense of New Mexico and not Gonzaga, but we still beat them thirteen to five and nine to five. And that nine to five win, it was nine to one in the ninth inning. Uh, so th they're gonna come in hot. They're gonna want to win, and I feel like this is a five game stretch where. It's a weird five-game stretch. It's a weird five-game stretch where a team could be prone to lose their focus a little bit. So it's one of those hard things where if the Beavs sweep these next five games, no one is really going to be like, oh, check out the Beavs playing ball over here. It's just going to be what they're expected to do. So yeah, exactly. it, 
and and if they drop one, I don't think it's uh, the end of the world either. But uh, it'll be it, it'll be. I think this will be tough. This this will be an interesting five game stretch uh, over the next week, and then whenever the season ends, hopefully it's with a giant party in Omaha. But even like looking back on it, I think uh, we'll be able to sort of. Uh, at least tell a chapter of the of the story of this beef season with what uh, about this the weird, weird five game slate what about the weird upcoming game uh or the weird upcoming series with Oregon where the, we play we play at Oregon on I Tuesday know. I mean it's far out but like like All right. I I I've looked at this multiple times and tried to make sense of this and I don't get it so we play Oregon on a Tuesday yeah in between our series with Washington and Utah, we have one game against Oregon's schedule. Yes, and then so then we go to Utah after that three days and, later, and then come back for one game at Eugene, and then three games against Oregon at Goss. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> the who who schedules these games? I, that doesn't that make is, any sense. No, and they're, why they're, would we? What would the explanation be? Yeah, why would we face a rival where we can't actually put our fucking real starters in our rotation and plan yeah. it out to face them? Instead, we get two straight Tuesday games on the road, bookending a road trip to Utah. I just don't understand that at all. I don't get it. In the, in the past, these it's it's always against Oregon, too. But these random games against Oregon, like these one offers, uh, they they don't even count as conference games either. So I I don't know if that's the case here. It doesn't tell me on the schedule, but um, a lot of times that's the case. Uh, yes, I I remember that. There's times where we like we will schedule in conference. We've done that in basketball too, right? Did we do that against like Wazoo this year or somebody? Or I think that's always that, in basketball. It's always been because of COVID, though. I, I think it's always been COVID inspired. When Oregon baseball season started whether or not you want to believe why it started because maybe because we were having too much fun winning back-to-back -back national championships and you decided to cancel a historic wrestling program that had a great tradition and heritage and a lot of people ready to fight for it i don't know i don't know these things i'm just speculating but yeah there is like always a random game where it's oregon state versus oregon baseball that but they do a split they do it a split they do like yeah, one on one road one yeah. home it was one road, one home, and they didn't count in the conference standings. And yeah. I feel like if that's something that, like, the conference is just like, hey, you have a certain number of non-conference dates, you can pretty much guarantee either place, Eugene or Corvallis, will have a good attendance showing. It will drive interest. And if both programs are cool with it, like, I, I'm down with that. Let's play Oregon and baseball nine times a year. I think that'd be I think that'd be fun. That And, like – it's the placement of these games. It is. Yeah, yeah it's weird. It, it's that's weird. just bullshit. It's bullshit, yeah. dude. I it don't. It throws get off it. the rotation for sure. It, it just fucks shit up. And like, or or we don't adjust the rotation because we shouldn't for a Tuesday game. Yeah. And now we're throwing just like our weekday guys at an Oregon team that I mean, who knows what they're gonna do? I mean, they're they're right. on the outside looking in behind us at least, and so of course they're gonna be trying whatever they can to like prove that they can beat us. It, this benefits them. When it comes to like hosting a regional super regional, why can't the fuck? I, I don't want to throw more shit at osubeavers.com, but like it should denote whether or not it's a conference game because yeah. it this has been a thing in the past where we've played Pac 12 opponents in this sport. I don't even think it's just an Oregon thing where 
it hasn't actually been a conference game. And every other conference opponent we have, it's just a three-game series in one venue. Like, it's not like Cal is coming up to Corvallis this year. That was the three-game conference set when we played them in Berkeley. Same with when we played ASU. Same when we played Wazoo. Same with Stanford. Same with Washington. Same with Arizona. Same with SC. Same with UCLA. It's the clean three-game weekend series. So what the yep. fuck do these two, these Tuesday games mean? Does Oregon just want to host us at their baseball stadium so they can be like, hey, remember after you won two straight national championships, this is what we threw a bunch of money at. <laughs> like, isn't this stadium cool? And we'll be like, yeah, it's, it's kind of okay. Nah, like, fuck, it sucks. I'm really, like... I, I'm more happy to be part of the program that literally built this stadium for you to pretend to be a baseball team. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, uh, the, the reason the re- so I'm on Pac-12 dot uh, com and they don't denote whether it's a conference game or not either. All right, so then Pac-12 uh, but, should be fucking doing but but uh, it does say that the network for the two Tuesday games is Pac-12 Insider, where yeah. the the three games in corvallis the traditional friday saturday sunday is pac-12 network so yeah but look at wazoo what the or yeah. UW, the uw games are also pac-12 insider yeah i saw that too. yeah so i mean and Gonzaga too. i don't know it, I, I think i i think that they're non-conference because each team should have the same amount of conference games and yeah. there's there aren't other teams playing random tuesday games I mean. against a conference opponent i don't <laughs> think Sure, but who does that benefit? That's my point. I don't care if it's conference or not. Who yeah. does that benefit? Does that really benefit us? What does that no, prove for our organization where we go down to Eugene after playing a a, a series the, against UW, and then we go to Eugene for a game, then we fly, knowing that we're going to fly to Salt Lake City to play a Utah team on the road, knowing we're going to come home right. just to go to Eugene to play another one-off before coming home home and playing Oregon. It's like, yeah. it's fucking stupid. I yeah. think it's, yeah. If it's both, like if both managers want it and it's like, hey, we're going to use this as more games. We all have very talented rosters and we want to get our guys development. And like, there, there are dudes buried on the bench. You can play college baseball. That's, that's literally, I'm just trying to find reasoning for this. But that's also why you have a ton of games scheduled throughout the course of the season. You don't need Tuesdays against your in-conference rival on the to, road to to play pretend play big time conference baseball. I don't know. Maybe that yeah, was something weird. when it when it started. I just it's probably a money thing, uh, as as it always is uh, with those fuckers down the road. But anyway, we'll play Oregon a bit. Uh, we have five games against Oregon. I can't wait for my Twitter mentions at that point because uh, I pissed off a lot of people when they were 0-3 against San Diego. So let's go. <laughs> bring, bring it on, baby! Bring it on. <laughs> I muted all of you, but still, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, on top of that, more great, uh, more great uh, Oregon State baseball news in the MLB. The MLBs. The best player in Major League Baseball right now plays for the newly named Cleveland Guardians. Of the galaxy. It's not Kenny Lofton. Oh, it's, I love Kenny Lofton. Great it's, giant. It's, Ooh, it's he, not I, – I did like Kenny Lofton. It's not Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. It's, it's, not, it's not Pedro Serrano or Willie Mays Hayes. It's 
or Jim Tomey. Or Jim Tomey. Mashing taters. <laughs> it's Stephen Kwan, Oregon State alum. After one series in this season, is hitting 800 for Cleveland. Yeah. Steven's been fantastic. He got he got his first hit early on opening day for Cleveland. Uh and that I remember like people like like the on Friday everyone or on Thursday people were going crazy for him. And then like I just kept seeing Steven Kwan tweets and thinking that it was reactions to just him getting his first hit but like no, like now he has his eighth hit. And I was like his eighth hit? How many at bats does he have? And they're like, like five for five. Literally today. eight. Today. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then he also had two walks and got hit by a pitch. Like his yep. on base is a million yeah, right bro. now. Like he's, he's and has he struck out? No. No. Not not in not in regular season or in spring training. <laughs> yeah. I, I 40, said that, 44 at bats, zero strikeouts. I said that without confirming, but I'm happy that I was correct. No uh, shouts to Stephen Kwan. AL Central foe, I don't give a shit. Go Stephen Kwan. <laughs> That's my right. my closest uncle is a, is a big Cleveland fan, so I, I can I can be behind him and cheering for the Guardians this year. And if if it, if Stephen Kwan's a part of it, then hell yeah, go Beavs, chop him, baby. Hell yeah, yeah. I and it's like I mean it's it, it's his rookie season. It's f- first major league at bat, and and he has uh, definitely been. I say this unknowingly, but I would imagine the best the best batter uh, in in the first series of the season so far. Yeah. Going five yeah. for five today is, um, I mean, th- imagine the pressure that's on you in your first series in Major League Baseball. I feel like you would just be like shaking in the batter's box, and uh, to do what he's done is pretty incredible. Hey, if you guys, uh, shout out to Bob Lumberg, right? He wrote the book Finish, and in that they cover um, – a little bit about the recruiting of Stephen Kwan and it's uh it's it's insightful if you can see the excerpt it's it's been posted if you have the book read it if you don't have the book buy it buy it, buy it from a local independent bookstore though don't please. buy it from Amazon <laughs> I know but hey oh sorry Benny but <laughs> they there's a there's a, a an excerpt explicitly talking about the recruitment of Quan and how they were like, is this guy really going to be something, you know? And, and Pat Casey was pretty much like, this guy is going to be it. He's going to be it. And Hell yeah. Here he is. So here he is. Just lighten it up in the biggest stage that, that a player can play on man of many words, Pat Casey. Is he going to be it? He's going to be it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Pat Casey. I still have your tent. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have so many enemies in the Oregon State Athletics community. <laughs> I'm sorry, I still have your tent. Why, why do you have Pat Casey's tent? We've picked up a lot of new listeners in the last few weeks. I Shout was, out I to was, all the new members yeah. of your fam. JP, you have Pat Casey's tent. Let's yeah. talk about why I was that. camping out. I was camping out for Civil War tickets and I didn't have a tent, and my roommate at the time knew the Casey family. His his parents knew the Casey family, and uh, he was like, "Well, we'll ask them if we could borrow their tent." So I rolled up to the Casey residence with him in my old '97 Jeep Grand Cherokee, and parked in the driveway. And great, great car, great. Car. It was a great car. It was a great it car. Was, and then uh, out came uh, uh, Pat's wife. I don't remember her name, but she delivered the the tent and put it in the back of the car and said have fun and we're like thanks 
So we go uh, to camp out and we, we plant the tent and we had way too much fun, way too much fun uh, to the point where we didn't realize as we were waiting in line that they didn't let us get tickets for the game because we, our dad's weekend tickets didn't count as student tickets. So our, our count of student tickets was one less than that was allowed. Oh, that old chestnut that happened every year. Yeah. So uh, we were today like, they will never know. They'll never know the value of an Eastern Washington ticket stub. We were, up, <laughs> we were up all night. We were awake all night. We were drinking. And then we uh, realized we couldn't get tickets. I was furious. Uh, shout out to super secret producer Skinner. He was not furious. He was like, I got this. I don't know if he left. <laughs> I don't know if he left the stoop of Gil Coliseum where they used to give out the tickets for, for 24 hours because the next day he was like, he texted me at like 5 a.m. He's like, Jake, get here. And I got so I, too. I, I show up and he's at the top of the stairs yelling at people like, no, fuck you. I was here last night and the night before. And I'm like, I'm walking up. I park. I parked you know, like right in front of uh, like on 26 or whatever, like on in front of Gil. And I just walk up the stairs. I'm like waving at people. They're all booing me. And I'm like, ah, I was here last night. Fuck you all. I, I still it. haven't slept in days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that it's fucking finals week. Yeah. Why is this scheduled the way that it is? But, that, but I looked, I, I, I looked in the tent because we were like, we should give this back to Pat Casey. It's Pat Casey. And I'm like, I look, I pop up the tent and I'm like, no, let's wait till he asks for this tent because it's bad inside. Like what, what did you do to it? Did you guys puke in it? Did you No, do... No, we didn't puke in it. We we held our own, but it was like, it was like the hangover. You like went and looked at it and you're like, what, oh, what happened yeah. in here? And you're like, how did that get there? Over. You disrespected Pat Casey's property is what you did. Yeah. <laughs> I never gave it back to him, and I feel really, really bad about it. Do you feel – wait, and the tent is with you? Yeah, I think it's still in my garage. <laughs> Dude, you're like a really neat guy, like typically. Thanks. But I think that's like, – it is a comp. It is a compliment, but I think like neat, of- like cool, or neat, like or- organized. Neat, both, both of those um, things. Thanks. But I think part of that is because you just have this garage that no one's been inside of, and over the last two years, I've heard you reference many mysterious objects and be like, I think it's in my garage somewhere. <laughs> and then I realized when we were chatting with some of the um, Patreon members on the Discord, like I've never been inside of your garage, and I've been to your house a lot. I think you're just the ultimate hoarder, and your <laughs> your garage is going to be prominently featured on TLC at some point <laughs> in the future. <laughs> and they're going to be like, what is this? Why can't we get rid of this puke-filled rag? And you're going to be like, do you know whose tent that is? That's Pat Casey's tent. He's the most <laughs> all-time college World Series champion. <laughs> hey, speaking of hoarders. Are we hoarding uh, Conference Coach of the Year? I think we are. We are hoarding Conference Coach of the Year at Oregon State. Great segue. That's how you know we've done this 43 times now. <laughs> Congrats. Oregon State Wrestling Coach Chris Pendleton, name, Pac-12 Wrestling Coach of the Year. Chop him. Uh, chop him. And they do the, they do the crossed the... axes on their yeah, dude, I love they it. do. They do. I don't know if that's a nod or if that's just an openness to chop them. We'll take it either way. Uh, 
four All-Americans. Great season for Oregon State Wrestling uh, at Nationals. Shout out to you folks, uh, everyone involved with that program, but especially Coach Pendleton. And uh, he's, he's in pretty good company. Uh, gymnastics, Tanya Chaplin, and men's soccer, Terry Boss, also named conference coaches of the year in their respective sports this season. That's the first time that Oregon State's had three in one academic year uh, since 2013. So that's cleaning up, cleaning Cleanin up, cleaning up for sure. So and we, we ain't are, even done yet. We ain't even done yet. Yeah, we got more. Mitch, Mitch, look, Laura Berg's going to get one. Yeah, she should. Mitch, Mitch could get one too. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't think Tinkle's getting one. Um, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Probably been announced. Not. I'm pretty sure that's been announced now too. But um, hey, what one one piece? And I know I'm backtracking a little bit here, but you see that uh, Adley was uh, I I think third. Uh, Bodega put out their um, their MLB futures, and Adley was third in uh, uh, Rookie of the Year. Oh yeah, uh, odds. Yeah, rookie of the year odds. Adley was was third. Yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. He's uh, looking to get called up uh, for Baltimore this year. I thought he had to get Tommy John surgery. No, I don't think no, so. That's not a thing. I mean, I don't think I don't think that they would have him as third in potential rookie of the year if that was the case. <laughs> that came out today. Uh, that was I saw that last week. Yeah, the Tommy John, the Tommy John was like an April Fool's somebody put out. Oh, why is? Oh, yeah. fuck! I, I did. I, you got fooled, bro. I'm pretty sure I. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it after the first. Well, like you know, because shit that shit's forever so on the internet. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm aware of that, but I remember just <laughs> yeah. like you know what? It doesn't like, live forever. Oh, us being a, a deligerent pickles podcast. Well, it's gonna yeah. live forever on that shirt that you're wearing, especially since <laughs> you don't get rid of anything, you fucking hoarder. As we <laughs> There's gonna be a belligerent beeves museum. It's just gonna be JP's garage and it's gonna be deligerent pickles shirts and <laughs> and your your and Pat two, Casey tent. And your seventeen year old puke in Pat Casey's tent. Sorry, <laughs> Coach Casey, for the disrespect shown by my co hosts. Um congratulations again to Chris Pendleton and all of Oregon State Wrestling. Hell yeah. Fantastic awesome. season. Well deserved coach of the year. And shout out to my guy, Richard Elvis, who was uh, my friend at Oregon State and also wrestled at Oregon State. And huh. I miss you, Richard. Shout out, Richard. Props to you. Shout out, Richard. Um, should we move on to. Uh, I, I really want to get to basketball yep. today. And I know Why? we. Beca- because there's, there's things that need to be discussed. And I really want to pass. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I, I think we can sort of group men's basketball and women's basketball into this sort of one basketball umbrella right now. Yeah. Sort of all of well, we're we're just we're talking about if we're if we're worried or not. And I guess the the emphasis is on women's basketball first because they're the programs are in different places. We thought that uh, the the NIT run had a lot of reason for for belief uh, for for next year. Also, as we're speaking on this pod, it's worth mentioning we don't know shit about the lives of of these athletes. People aren't always transferring because things are wrong within the program. I think COVID has also exacerbated a lot of certain things within the transfer portal. You have people like I, I like Taya Carosdale, 
who I was hoping would be a forever beef, has played in more than 100 games for this program and is declining coming back for a sixth season at Oregon right. State. I don't think that is a sign that things are wrong. No, but then I... you, you put it in the same uh, week of Kennedy Brown, Taylor Jones, and Greta Kampschrader announcing that they that they're entering their names in the transfer portal and then everyone's just like taya too what so we it's important to think of all these things in uh as a case-by-case basis yeah um you know i think we also need to uh give a shout out to talia von olhoffen who took the liberty of announcing that she's staying on twitter that's baller what i it is baller, but when I saw a fucking notes app post from Talia that started with like Dear Beaver Nation, I was like, no! <laughs> but there's something to be said about being like, no, nah, I'm going to confront all the rumors right now. And right. I'm going to set the record straight. And that was so badass. Yeah. And I think that that's so, so just badass. a student athlete who is clearly smart and very self-aware and just understands the yeah, current exactly. climate, whatever. It's like, People are going to be guessing about this shit, probably regardless of what teammates are doing or how many people are entering the portal. Just because people are entering the portal and programs all over the place, it's just for her to be like, like I know I'm staying, so I'm just going to put that at ease. Like, I'm fucking staying. But it wasn't so, just the staying. It wasn't just the staying that she announced. That she, right. she, she pretty much declared that she's a beaver till the end. Right. So, and, and, and look, look, like, shit can change. We know that. And, like, it happens for everybody. Their circumstances change. Things come up. Your your feelings change. Your role changes. And I don't fault anybody for looking for greener pastures if that's the case. And like we've already seen, like well, most of these players that are leaving, I think we can pin it down to a variety of reasons, like that are are very understanding. It sucks to lose them because they're established, and we we know what to expect from them. And we, we liked rooting for them. We and we as fans and beavers like care about them as as people. But it's uh, like hard to fault them for for what the real rationale is for why they're leaving. Whether it's spoken or not, or whether you can interpret it or not. But to come out and straight up say I ain't leaving, and I, I'm, here, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here for. I'm here till the end. That's that's big. That's big. And that that you know what that shows me. I think, uh, uh, hold on, real quick. As being in the Northwest, we're surrounded, and I'm not a, I'm not a Blazers fan, but I'm a Dame Lillard fan through and through. One, because Bay Area dude like me, but also because the man is loyal forever. And I won't even say to a fault, because I sometimes think that loyalty gets so overlooked that you people always say, oh, you're loyal to a fault. I'm like, no, I'm just loyal. And I yeah. think that... Uh, Lillard is a guy like that, and I think Talia is the same kind of baller. She's just loyal, and I think she wants to say like, "No, I put my, I, I planted my flag. This is where I'm at. Let's do it." I think that you're spot on. I think that that is uh, the character trait that I respect most with yeah. athletes, especially in the climate that college sports is in now, where you can, I mean, transferring out of a program was big, big news even yeah. five years ago and yeah. now it seems to be sort of commonplace so for someone to take a stand and say i'm not going to do that uh especially if they're a highly sought after commodity yeah um, that that's huge and i think more importantly like when we saw these back to back to back student athletes decide that they were going to enter the transfer portal or they weren't going to come back to oregon state 
half of that is well they're going to be missed next year but the other half of that is 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 there a problem within the program? Um, and I think with Talia stating, like, I'm not going anywhere, not only that, but I'm going to be staying with this program for long term, that almost uh, puts a nail in it for me that the problem is not within this program. And like you said, JP, the the other players leaving or the other student athletes leaving was a set of circumstances that had nothing to do with anything wrong with the program. Yeah, and I don't... I, I'm not willing to freak out yet either. Uh, I, I don't like seeing players, especially really really promising players, leave. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, but but also, uh, I, I believe I believe this is conventionally the highest rated recruiting class coming in that Ruick has signed, and I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. But I also know like the the way that the, the, like the climate we're in. You know, talent is going to the the names and numbers are going to be changing a lot, uh, yeah. but also I think uh, uh, Tim Ewis, who we've interacted with uh, a bit on Twitter, had had a point because uh, Sasha Goforth last uh, I believe two years ago yeah. transferred from Oregon State back to be closer to her family in Arkansas was one of the best recruits that we had was a great player for Oregon State, but clearly transferred to be closer to her family because she was dealing with a, a Off lot the of court stuff. Off the court stuff and like like illness issues, and now uh, at, after her last season at Arkansas, like Sasha just retired yeah. and isn't going to be pursuing basketball anymore. Which I, Sasha, my, I'm fucking heartbroken for you that your career is ending this way because of things that are out of your hands. But I, I, I re- even remember when um, she decided to transfer. There's someone in Ruick didn't have a track record of losing players much. Uh, but even then, it was still this is like, oh, it was, well, about. Yeah. Losing it. It was, it was he, what's what could be beneath the surface here. And I get it. We don't know everything. This isn't our job, but our role here and our role as fans and outsiders of the program is to speculate and to imagine and to think ab- and think critically about what could be going on. And so it could be any number of things, but. I'm not really because of the strength of Talia's words. I'm not really ready to be like, oh fuck, like something's amiss. Like maybe we're Ru- Ruick had a great, a great decade, and now here comes the the back end that's going to be a, a trickle down into back into like above average, average basketball. But even if Talia hadn't posted that, I'm not sure I would have gotten there yet. It would have been like, oh shit, this sucks. Let's yeah. see what the response is. Yeah, I, I would also add that a, a team that has uh, that's like rotting from the inside in terms of culture isn't going to be a team that goes on a tear at the end of the season like we saw. Or yeah, they were clearly playing their asses team. for each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think we need to reset. I think we need to reset the assumptions around the transfer portal as fans. I, I think it's a big. I do too. Yeah, yeah. It's really one of those things where it's like. If a player enters the portal and you're not surprised, then the reason why they leave is probably going to be unsurprising to you right now. You'll probably assume they were going to lose playing time. They didn't get along with the coach. Right. Right. If they enter the transfer portal and you are surprised, it's right. probably because they want to be close to family or they want to play with a old teammate or they, or just... they want to play with their sibling. Exactly. Like it, yeah. like, it isn't that deep. It isn't, right. and and I think that uh, if you if you, if you reassess what the circumstances are in that way, 
and you realize like, oh shit, Taylor Jones entered the transfer portal. Like I didn't expect that. She's probably entering it for a reason you would fully understand if you knew. So just just wait and relax. For sure. And and keep in mind, I mean, like these student athletes are like 18, 19, 20 years old and living on their own for the first time. And I know even like our freshman year at Oregon State, there were a lot of people that did go home after that first year. I was one of them, not because I missed home, uh, but there were other people <laughs> that 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 did miss home, and they and they go and they move to be closer back to home. Like when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, being away from family is not easy. Right. So, yeah, I agree with everything you said, Jay. And on the manner of women's basketball too, it's worth mentioning because there's more than a thousand women's basketball players in the portal right now, and some people who are anti-transfer rights are freaking out about it there are 12 WNBA teams if you're a first round pick in the WNBA your spot is not guaranteed at all so a lot of players have the agency the inspiration and the reason to transfer if they think it's going to improve their stock not only for the WNBA but to play overseas right like, I know that the WNBA is the WNBA is going to expand. There's going to be more teams, yep. but it's not like there's going to be 20 teams tomorrow. Like the fact that like we saw this last year with Aaliyah Goodman getting drafted by Connecticut in the second round and not making the team out of training camp and then taking a, a coaching job at, at Duke. And I think that Duke's a great program. I'm, happy for her but also Aaliyah Goodman if she wants to should still be playing basketball professionally and if you're on the fringe or whatever you're probably hearing it from a lot of people and you need to make that decision to be like oh like you can be seen for potential WNBA like if there is stigmas in college basketball that WNBA scouts aren't necessarily looking west coast we, we know we've pointed to East Coast bias in a lot of sports, even though I know we had a uh, certain o- Oregon Duck who is the number one pick in the WNBA draft, who is a wonderful basketball player. But still, I don't know if that necessarily, necessarily changes a cultural, a cultural thing in college sports. So I think the lack of – just the sheer lack of spots in the WNBA is influencing this in women's college basketball. Yep. Because there's – Yeah. 12 teams of 12 players. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Expand the WNBA. Period. Yeah, exactly. Portland needs a team. Fucking the Bay Area Oakland should for sure team. have a team. Yeah, put a team in Oakland for sure. Yeah. I don't know how Portland doesn't have a team. That city would support a WNBA team so well. Everyone's yeah, yeah they're making like choices off of like, "Oh, well there was a team there in 96." And it's like, yeah. "Well, you didn't put resources behind it you fucking right everything is there now um yeah and portland would absolutely support a wnba team so i'm hoping portland and bay area get get the first two expansion now yeah yeah and and just like outside of oregon say i feel like women's basketball is if there's one sport that's on the rise more so than others it's women's basketball right now and so you're right wnba will expand it's just a matter of time right it was even like watching the fucking like final four being like Shit, there's so many players I want to watch in the W like next year, and there's there's not spot even that's the final four. 
-hmm. that's not even like finding diamonds in the rough in like smaller programs and and things like that where like players like in the nba like players like uh gp2 who have been given like that opportunity to to take the road less traveled and to take the scenic route towards a meaningful nba career that's just not afforded to women's basketball players no because you can't just like like you won't get that many roster spots handed to you just because there is one fucking fifth of them but there's just as many players playing in college i don't know yeah uh we should move on benny your butt hurt (laughs) you're i don't think your butt hurt but you have a you have a thought that i'd like to hear you expand on and we'll we'll bring this back a little bit so next year in late november over over thanksgiving weekend actually the pk85 the pk3085 somewhere in between however old phil knight is we don't give a shit really <laughs> uh is is hosting his uh his annual ridiculous birthday party with a lot of college basketball games in portland uh we are included in this both both oregon state men's basketball is included in this and oregon state women's basketball is included in this uh with teams like gonzaga and duke and arizona and north carolina uh the way it sort of works is there's two sets of brackets uh there's two different eight there's two different eight team men's brackets and two different four team women's brackets we're not on the same bracket as oregon in either men's or women's so i don't think there's a possibility we face oregon during this four-day stretch of basketball um, but it looks like Portland should be the center of college basketball preseason uh, hoopla. Uh, I'm hoping to be in town. I just realized this week that it's Thanksgiving. Uh, I might be like, sorry, family. I'm going to go drink at basketball games with my friends. That's <laughs> how I give thanks. Uh, but opportunity, uh, undeniable for both Oregon State men's and women's teams to play some really top competition in a tournament that will be nationally televised. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, Benny. I'm just going to ask you to share something similar to what you put on Twitter yesterday. What do you think about this Oregon State basketball participating in the PK-85? Yeah, I um, specifically for the men's uh, basketball program, it it feels like a sellout. Uh, And and I, I say that because... Uh, the women's team has proven that it's going to be competitive. They have one of the top-rated recruiting classes coming in, and so they can hang with these teams. Uh, and, and they could legitimately win the tournament. And I think that that would be really cool if Oregon State won the tournament that was put on in part by Phil Knight. Um, but th- keep in mind, like Phil Knight was advocating for the University of Oregon to become a private school yeah. not long ago right. so that he didn't have to have a fraction of his donations go to Oregon State and the other schools, How, universities that are in the Oregon can, University Network. Can I ask a potentially ignorant question? Yes. Like, how, how true is that? It's true. It's very I, true. I, I, think, I, I think it's legitimate. Yeah. No, I, I worked at the foundation at the time that this is going on, and it was – Because um, I don't know a ton about that. But that was, It was right I, around the time when PK Park was being yeah. built. Because he was donating a ton of money to PK Park, and like the, it was going to be distributed to part they of it was going to be distributed to the, to the other state schools. Be, yes, that's yeah. right. Because that's how it, it where anything in the the Oregon like this the state of Oregon public university system. Yeah, 
yeah. part of your donation has to be distributed. Okay. Yeah, and not and, and I'm saying like it's weird because I don't necessarily Making Oregon want money a private school. Night. It would be such a terrible idea, right? <laughs> well, that that's why it didn't happen, right? But like, I so stupid. I so don't stupid. want money from Phil Knight, but the fact that Phil Knight made it a point to like go through this ridiculous process so that he didn't have to have like a point zero one percent of his donations go to Oregon State like fuck you and the fact that we're playing in a tournament that's sponsored by him I mean whatever like uh, people that were responding to my comment made valid points and said hey we we need the money someone goes we need the money to buy out Tinkle's contract which I don't agree with but okay if that's true then right then that's well, you do need then, then, to be an Then we're selling out. Then then how is that not us selling out? We need the money, so we're going to play in this tournament. That's fine. But we are doing it to take the money, which is by nature selling out. So I, I and I think that I feel more passionately about the men's program because like unless something insane happens, we're going to get smoked by the by the teams that are in this tournament. And so it's going to be where we're going to lose games by 20, 30, 40 points. Um, we'll take the money and we'll get out of there. But, like, God, it just feels dirty to me. I, and I understand where people say, like, hey, put Oregon State on the stage. It's good for recruiting. We we do – we could use the money. And that's all – those are all valid points. But do we but what really if we need win? to do it at the – What if we win? What if we I, win, Benny? Like – yeah, I mean, what that would be cool. Uh, that would be really cool. I think the chances of that happening are not very good. But we accepted this invite before this previous basketball. We did. Season. Yes, we did. Yep, yep. Which like, and and I get it. Like, I I understand. I understand us doing it, and that does obviously add a different element to it. It's not like we we agreed to this knowing that our team is going to be in the you know tattered shape that we're in right now, but. It just, I don't want Oregon State playing willfully in a tournament that is put on by this f- motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I don't, I just don't. I, 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 I do love that about you. And, and, and I am one of, we didn't interact on Twitter about this. I do disagree with you, but I disagree yep. as respectfully and lovingly as possible. And I, and I, <laughs> I, I, I stated, I knew that I, yeah. I, I know that I'm in the minority thinking this. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like every college sports team is at varying degrees of selling out at all times. So like we're, we're in Nike school still. Like I, I, I feel like yeah, I don't know. Maybe we go Adidas or Under Armour and tell Phil Knight to fuck himself, and then we yeah. say no to a tournament like this, which yep. would be kind of awesome, but that also could be worse in <laughs> in a lot of ways. There are some Under Armour schools with some pretty shitty branding and not great recruiting track records. It's so getting I, better. It's getting no. better. It's possible. No. So, yeah, I don't know that I want to not be Nike. Um, yeah. And I, I'd rather at least just like be in it with a chance to perform, uh, and 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 to get get that money. Uh, but I, I feel like at the time that the invite was made, they were like, "Well, Oregon State women's basketball is always good. Mm-hmm. The Oregon State men just got to the Elite Eight. We have to plan this tournament eighteen months out, basically every year. Yeah, inviting Oregon State men's and women's is going to be a great idea." And, yeah. <laughs> and then we had the type of seasons we did 
which were, you know, the worst season in school history on the men's side. And uh, the first time that Ruick uh, didn't go to the tournament in almost a decade on the women's side. Yeah. So I'm not sure how thrilled Nike is with this, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got, we got you, Nike. Yeah. 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 yeah tricks on that's, you. That's, that's how you do a fucking long con. Well, yes. That's right, fuckers. <laughs> I, I will say it's not going to sway me from not going to the games. I right. am going to be down in Portland. We're I think it is a party. We're yeah. going to party and go to games and have Thanksgiving with each other. And that's also probably the same weekend as the Civil War game. So we'll probably drive down yeah. to Corvallis for that football Ooh, game after yeah. watching those dope basketball games. Yeah. And it'll be a really fun weekend with friends and sports. It's going to be a really good year for those uh, Beaver fam that live in Portland. Um, or at least a really good Hanging. fall. Yeah. You got you got the football game at Providence Park in September, and then you have the the PK Invitational uh, in November. Yeah. So that's cool. His that part nine, is cool. His nine hundred eighty fifth birthday party. Like some Bilbo Baggins shit. Yeah, yeah. I say this all the, like being a huge fan of The ring needs Nike. to be destroyed, Phil. You have to yeah. cast it back into the fires of Mount Doom. You can't just keep it forever. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to say just die during Lord of the Rings. Anyone. I'm not Except saying die that. already, but I'm saying I, mean, I just did. I then just he did. did. I don't mean it. I just really don't like his. Thank decision. you for tuning in to this last episode of the Belligerent Bees podcast. We've been we have, assassinated we by Nike assassins. <laughs> Even before this went live, Nike henchmen showed up at all of our places of residence. <laughs> hey, I will say Phil Knight grew up in the neighborhood that I grew up in. So I share that with him. I just do not like his personal choices of trying to oust Oregon yep. State of money that we probably desperately need. Yeah, I'm just not interested in that, dude. I was at a local independent bookstore within the last few years, and I asked for book recs, and they were like, oh, you should, if you like sports, you should read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. No, and I, I was like, I was like, I'm not coming back to this bookstore. Yeah, that's what like, you, you walk outside, you pour you gasoline on that bookstore, and you No, no. We're, all right, we just advocated for Phil Knight's murder <laughs> and burning <laughs> books in the last minute. Let's <laughs> bring it back to who we are as progressive-loving people who are on the uh... podcast. <laughs> Okay. No, not one of the babes has ever committed murder or burned a book. That's uh, you can take that to the bank. That's true. That is true. We've not that done either of those things. Those we just get a little things. excited. We've been described as clowns and a little over the top by uh, m multiple listeners in the past. Um, but we're here. We're back. Um, we need to get out of here. And now it's we're been leaving. a long episode. <laughs> we're leaving. We're here. We're back, and now we're gone. Uh, Oregon State football spring game uh, this Saturday, April sixteenth. If you want to, it's free. You can go to the game in Corvallis. You can hear John Smith, uh, Jonathan Smith. I've never called him John Smith before. <laughs> Could I try try that? I know that like sounds John. like a no. founding father. No, it sounds like the exactly. guy who kidnapped Pocahontas. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Jonathan Smith, uh, but also uh, Scott Barnes, athletic director, will talk. Uh, and I believe it's open to the public. And he's it's like a town hall Q&A. So if you want to ask Scott Barnes about selling us. out and doing the No, ask him about like, us. What's your favorite podcast, Scott Barnes? And he'll say, like, Hidden Brain. What's your second favorite podcast, Scott Barnes? 
What's your favorite uh, belligerent beefs episode, Scott Barnes? Uh, he'll say <laughs> the, the one, the the one where they let other people take it over, so I didn't have to hear from the three of them so much. <laughs> and we'll make you listen to the show. Oh my god, <laughs> that was a deep cut, Scott Barnes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but yes, thank you so much for listening to the show. I, I'd say go. go, go I, JP, I'm sure you have T-Ball to coach and I the do, company to run. But anyway, I, I, it's on Pac-12 Network, so I plan on tuning in to the spring game, uh, getting my early scouting reporting in. Uh, but yeah, Beaver fam, go drill Scott Barnes with all your questions. He's I'm not ready to say anything negative about the job he's done, but he is here to answer our questions. And he answers to the Beaver fam, not the other way around. So go there with your questions. If you want to hype the podcast to him, uh, I feel like it might already be on his radar, though. Is that arrogant to say? But I think it might be. Um, (laughs) Arrogant and true. Anyway, (laughs) thank you for tuning in to this 43rd episode of the Belligerent Beavs. Darren Sproles, the greatest number 43 of all time. Not not an Oregon State Beaver, but a great number 43. So So fast. fast, NCAA football 05, like yes. Kansas State was the most fun team to play with be- just yep. because of Darren Sproles. Uh, like Barry Sanders on ice skates. It was, he was amazing. <laughs> um, we've got uh, coming up, obviously, we'll have weekly episodes throughout the spring, summer. May 11th on Twitter Spaces, the belligerent Beeves first birthday party. May 11th will be the anniversary of the day our first episode went live. We're having a Twitter Spaces celebration starting at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Bookmark it. Add it to the Google Cal or the iCal, whatever Cal. Tell your cousin Cal. Everyone is welcome. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have all kinds of things planned, maybe some giveaways, some special guests, other things we need to figure out. But we've got a month. It's going to be dope. May 11th on Twitter. Be there. Other than that, just remember to show up on May 11th. Remember to give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. Remember to share the show with a friend, even if it's Duck Fan Friends. Remind them that they don't have a podcast as fun as this one. Uh, Tag us on Untapped. Tag us on Instagram. Tag us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, Friendster, whatever. TikTok. We're on TikTok, as JP pointed out last week. Remember all that shit. I've been Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter at Terrence Horseman on Instagram with my esteemed and lovely co-host as always at JP Bertram on Instagram and at the Treel J on Twitter to Treel to be real and Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage aka Benny with the good quaff aka at Benny L1986. Remember that for all of your social channels, but most importantly, Always remember that no matter how hard you try, no matter what anyone says, no matter what happens, no matter how many players are in the transfer portal, no matter who's hating on who or what, you cannot ever spell chop them without hope. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them.